Influencing popular culture, politics, and everything in between. The local station takes you ringside as we discuss the crazy world that is professional wrestling. This is Going Ringside with The Local Station. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Scott Johnson, host of Going Ringside. This is episode 18. So glad you could be with us to um, talk about our next thing, which is we talked about UFC last episode. Today's kind of about that, but it's more about pro wrestling, and I'll get to that in a second. But once again, keep spreading the word. We're available on YouTube, newsfortax.com, and wherever you get your podcasts, just search Going Ringside on Google, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you'll find us. And of course, um, search for me on Instagram or TikTok at, at Going Ringside, putting a lot of exclusive content there every day about major stuff going on in the wrestling world that we're not even getting here on the podcast. Um, go check it out right now. A lot of big headlines are going on daily and we're getting them out there. Um, today, I, I mentioned UFC for a reason because I had the privilege of sitting down with some of the greatest real life fighters turned pro wrestlers of all time and hosting a panel with them recently in Jacksonville here at the River City Wrestling Con event. Those three fighters you know very well. Ken Shamrock, who we've had on before, the world's most dangerous man. He's on episode eight of Going Ringside right now, where you can go back and listen to Ken talk about some of his new ventures with Valor BK, his new fighting organization he's starting up. Also another guy, Butterbean. Eric Esch is his real name. Butterbean, just that larger-than-life, physically large, bald-on-top Butterbean. One of the greatest boxers, kickboxers, fighters, and then eventually he got involved in wrestling. And the other one is Dan Severn, the Beast, one of the greatest fighters of all time who really feuded in UFC in the early 90s when it was first starting with Ken Shamrock. Some legendary fights between Severn and Shamrock, just amazing, and they all sit together on a panel with me. Needless to say, I was a little bit terrified to be sitting between the three of the most dangerous men on the planet. They are older now, but not done with uh, fighting necessarily. Ken is doing his Valor BK promotion, which is bare knuckle fighting, which he's starting up later this year. Um, Dan Severn talks a lot about some things that are really interesting to me. He talks about the UFC WWE merger in this interview interesting thing he has to say. I've been kind of wondering, and when I heard it from Dan Severn, I was like, hmm, I, I wondered about that. He also makes a comment about CM Punk. So you want to hear what Dan Severn has to say about CM Punk in this interview. And then Butterbean. So do you remember how Butterbean got involved in wrestling? So I don't know if you remember in the 90s, WWF at the time did something called Brawl for All, which a lot of people say was the dumbest thing WWF did as a business idea. So they decided to have their wrestlers, who do scripted fighting, do a real-life fighting tournament and see how it would go. Guys were exposed. Guys got injured. Um, it really hurt Dr. Death Steve Williams' career. And the guy whose career it hurt the most was the winner of the tournament, Bart Gunn. So Bart Gunn had been a, a tag team guy for a while with the Young Guns, with Billy Gunn. He goes into this real fighting tournament. Bart's a tough guy. He goes in is in the tournament with tough guys like um, uh, the Godfather was in it. It was a pretty good fighter in his own right. Um, just different large guys. Bradshaw was involved in it. Bart Gunn was the toughest of all of them. He wins the tournament. So WWF 
thinks, well, if he won this tournament with our wrestlers, that must mean he's pretty tough and could take on a world-famous fighter, like Butterbean. Not necessarily a good idea for WWF or Bart Gunn. Butterbean essentially ended his career in about 9 or 11 seconds at a WrestleMania. So they do this brawl for all competition. Bart Gunn wins, and they really think, oh, he must be this tremendous fighter. But Butterbean's one of the best fighters on the planet. So when Bart Gunn walks in the ring with Butterbean, well, it didn't end well for Bart Gunn. And Butterbean, in this interview, you'll hear him say, I knew I was going to beat him. I just didn't know how long they wanted me to take to do it. So it was uh, interesting to hear from Butterbean. So it was just such a pleasure to sit and talk to the three of them. Oh, 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 big news. Butterbean's about to make a headline in this interview. Listen closely, and it involves the baddest man on the planet, Iron Mike. So listen to what Butterbean has to say there. That's important as well. So here is our panel discussion with three of the most legendary fighters of all time, Ken Shamrock, Dan Severn, and Butterbean. Let's go to it. Well, thank you for joining us today. We are excited to be joined now by the legends of the fight world. It doesn't get any more legendary than this. Yes, applause, please. Let's start this side to this side. First off, the legendary Butterbean. Butterbean, Eric, thank you for joining us. Great to be here, y'all. Thanks for coming. And Jacksonville a lot lately. Ken Shamrock, thank you for Dan the B7 down at the end. Dan, thank you for joining us today. So let's start, down, Dan, with you. Uh, what have you been doing with yourself? And talk to me a little about uh, some of those fights, those big fights that you remember. A lot were probably with this guy right here. <laughs> well, well, Scott, I don't know how much time we have. There. I don't know what all I've been up to lately. I stay quite busy all the time. I have an amateur wrestling career, a professional wrestling career, and a mixed martial arts career. So it's like... I do three different things, but I do a lot of speaking engagements. I do a lot of things with law enforcement, corrections, air marshal, border patrol, military. So uh, there will always be violence in this world, and there will always be people that they need to call in to help take care of the violence. Hey, I'm sure you're a guy who could do that. Now, Ken, you guys have known each other very personally for a long time now. Well, uh, <laughs> that, that, is, that is true, but uh, Dan is somebody I respect uh, a whole lot with what he's done with his life, his career, and what he's doing now, how he keeps himself in shape, making sure all those fans that followed him over the years can still respect him and have honor with him and not let himself go. To me, that's really big about when you end a career, what you do afterwards and what kind of man you are. And so, Dan, I have the highest respect for you keeping yourself in shape. Really he's going to make me cry on camera. <laughs> Don't let me do that. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate the competition, and I appreciated the feud. It was, a, it was an awesome time. Uh, obviously, now we're older. We get to sit back and enjoy all those times along with the fans, so much appreciated. What I'm doing right now is I'm staying in the fight game. Uh, I have an organization called Valor Bare Knuckle, which is Valor Sports, uh, which is the mother company. Uh, I'm really busy with that. In fact, is that's why I'm here in uh, Jacksonville. Besides this, is that um, we're working on the venue that we're, we've picked out, and uh, we've did some fighter tryouts throughout the state of trying to find guys that we're going to fill in our card that are going to be from here because we want to make sure that there is a following and a fan base for Valor here in Florida. So we want to make sure we make our rounds, make sure that card is filled with some guys on the undercard. Our main event is going to be an explosion, so we're excited about that. I also do motivational speaking. You know, I do a lot of ministry work for at-risk kids. 
Um, so I stay pretty busy just like Dan. So appreciate all you guys coming, man. We should have some fun today. Butterbean, what have you been doing with yourself? You have been, you were one of those ones who just showed up in wrestling and took it by storm real quickly. I had a, I had a great time in wrestling. And, uh, you know, I'm like Dan and Ken, both staying very busy. But one thing that's happened for me, I was in real bad shape. I had two hips who were bad. I was in a wheelchair for three years. Oh, my goodness. And DDP called me and he said, Bean, I'm doing a show. I want you to come live with us for four months He's got a good story. and film. And I, I went there and I worked my butt off. And they wouldn't do hip surgery. They said I was too big. I wasn't flexible enough because I was, like, solid. I was bent over, like. And between DDP and having both hip surgeries, I'm up going 100 miles an hour. I've lost over 200 pounds. Wow. Uh, both hips are gone. I'm not in a wheelchair no more. Matter of fact, a friend of mine just got in a wreck. He's a moonshiner. I took him old chair and I give it to him. I said, I don't need this thing no more. I never will need it again. And I'm actually thinking about fighting one, one last fight. You are going to fight again. I'm going to fight one last one before I hang it up. Wow, that's just, impressive. Just, just to say, look, you can accomplish every, anything and everything if you're determined to do something. I was in a wheelchair. I went from wheelchair to ready to fight and within a year. And within the next three or four months, I got a fight coming up. So, Butterbean, how did you start in wrestling? Because you had been a fighter, you'd done it all. But to bring you into pro wrestling, how did that process go? Well, the first thing I went in, I sold Sable for Mark Merrow. Okay. You know, I had to be, had to, somebody had to steal her from me. He was just being a jerk. So, yeah. I sold her from him, and then Vince goes, I want you to be in one of my WrestleManias. So, we worked it out, and then it fell through because Tyson got out of, out of prison. So it fell through, and then Bart Gunn messed up. Hang on, back up. Stop. What did you just say about Mike Tyson? Well, he got out of prison. Okay. And he was going to the show, and they knew me and Tyson were having arguments, so they didn't want us in the same... They didn't want, they didn't want to put us in the same arena at the same time. I think they, we, the fans might have wanted that. The but yeah. fans would have loved it. It would have been great. It'd still be a good fight. I'd love to fight Tyson still. Maybe that could be that final fight. I'm, I'm hoping so, because when Tyson and, and Roy Jones fought, Roy Jones was having trouble passing the physical. They called me... But my big butt was stuck in a wheelchair 200 pounds heavier, and I really? couldn't do it. So now I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay. And then they called me knockout Bart Gunn because Bart didn't want to listen to Vince. And you knew you were going to knock him out. I knew, and 90% of the other people, but Bart, he actually thought he was going to win. And he figured out 10 seconds later that wasn't going to happen. It might have been eight. But might yeah, have been it, was eight. Pretty close, it was pretty close to that 10-second mark. Ken, how did they get you into it? So you'd been doing the fighting. And I remember we talked before that it wasn't easy for you to do the fighting to the wrestling thing. A lot of people look down on you for that. Yeah, it was a struggle at first because um, even though I think Dan uh, was doing it earlier and so was I, I went under another name, under Vince Torelli, but uh, with the, the stardom that I had captured over in Japan, at UFC, becoming the face of both organizations, winning championships, I was solid in the mix of the UFC and also the martial arts that people look at. During that time, people didn't see wrestling and, and mixed martial arts even in the same sentence, right? They couldn't see that. So when I made that transition, even people in my own, inside my own gym were questioning why I was doing it. And so um, it, was a, it was a struggle, but I think probably six, six months in, that all went away because I was successful. And success always makes everything bad go away. <laughs> was it hard for you to learn to do the wrestling stuff? Or did you take it quickly because you were so good at everything else? Well, like I said, I started out as Vince Torelli. So I already had about two years of experience okay. in the pro wrestling industry. 
it was probably seven, eight years since I had wrestled last before going into the WWF. So I had already had a little understanding of it, but when you get to that level, it's a it's a whole different ballgame. Scott, and Scott, but, but look at the, this recent merger yeah. between the UFC yes. and the WWE now coming together all underneath one umbrella here. What now, do you think of that, Dan? What, what do you think? Well, do you think it, it'll work? The, the, the very first thought is you will have a number of these fighters that will cross over and become yeah. professional wrestlers, but you're not going to see it go the other way. No. The last person that tried to do that, I believe, was what called CM Punk. Yeah. And uh, it kind of kind of fell up flat ears there on that one. Again, I'm just not trying to point him out, but he was like the cat that said, I can do it. But, uh, so do you think that could hurt the merger? Because no, no, I've wondered no. about that, because there's going to be overlap. You know they're going to try sure and overlap. Again, that's what we get, but that's what I say. You will see uh, a lot of former fighters that will extend their career in professional right. wrestling. Right. But, but these guys don't want to get Bart Gunned, like <laughs> what happened when Bart Gunn goes into well, the real yeah, yeah, but that's, well... <laughs> Butterbean was brought in just to simply just take care of business, that's all. Just taking care of business, that's all he was doing. But Dan, how did you get brought in? I always wondered if Ken brought you in or that was separate. Well, no, actually, well, a lot of people don't realize I actually started my professional wrestling career back in 1992. Okay. Okay, as of the United States uh, Olympic Committee came up with a new set of rules. Prior to that, had an amateur wrestler turned pro, they could never have done uh, any more uh, amateur wrestling comp type of competition. I, I still wanted to make uh, world teams, World Cup teams, Olympic teams. So, but as of the 1992, new set of rules came down from the United States Olympic Committee that allowed athletes to be both amateur and professional simultaneously. So that's when I jumped into professional wrestling so did Vince want you two to headline at some point? Was that a goal there? Well, I mean, honestly, it should have been. I mean, Ken was actually with uh, WWE, well, just WWF at the time. He was there almost a year before me. I knew that Vince did not know how old I was. Okay. And how that, old were you? And, and, and it would have been, I was... The world will never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, I was their oldest rookie ever. At 48. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So again, that's where yeah, I just knew that uh, the, the ink was still drying on the paper. I'm <laughs> in his office with him, and then with uh, uh, Jr. And, uh, and 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 literally a few other questions were being asked, and then also Vince like going, "Well, exactly, how old are you, Dan?" And then I'm like, at that point, I'm like, I, I, I spilled the beans, <laughs> and he looks right at Jr. and he says, "Well, who's the oldest rookie ever?" And Jr. just says. Dan? I think the opponent you two had in common was Owen Hart. Why did they keep putting Owen with you guys? The, him and, and Steve Blackman, I would say. Was and Steve Blackman, yeah. It was kind of known as like the shooter group or something like right. that. But, okay. uh, you know, I mean, Owen came from, you know, I mean, being part of the, the Hart legacy, the dungeon, you know, I, I think that's where I got put into it. I mean, Owen was more of a, a character and, uh, I mean, I mean a, a real life character even behind the scenes because he liked to pulled his own little shenanigans and stuff like that as well. So, Ken, do you think you and Dan should have headlined something? Uh, I think they, they didn't know what to do. Uh, I think now and today you're seeing more of that hybrid pro wrestling, you know, where they've gotten guys are almost like it's a legitimate fight because they're hitting and knocking each other around, kind of like the old Japanese pancreas organization yeah. back before that when the UWF came out and they turned pro wrestling real. Prior to that, it was kind of what they called a hybrid shoot. We've kind of seen a little bit of that in pro wrestling now. With with me and Dan, that's what we should have been doing. 
we should have been in that hybrid pro wrestling thing. And if we would have been able to do that, we'd have tore the building down. No question. Butterbean, I want to I want to ask you what what Dan just said. What do you think about this thoughts of this WWE UFC merger? Because you went from one the real fighting end into the WWE end. How do you think this is going to end? I think it's going to be great. I mean, you had a lot of the guys that are actual fighter fighters walk over and able to step into it easier because they've already built their name up in the in the UFC. But do you think that Vince and the W Triple H whoever will want to protect their wrestlers from being exposed? Because you dealt with that well, with think, Bart Gunn. I don't think it's going to be that type of fight. It'll be more of a wrestling match. Okay. Why do you feel that way? Because the true fighters are just do like I did to Bart Gunn. <laughs> really? <laughs> so you think they want to protect just like they, they didn't want Dan or, or Ken either one taking on one of the wrestlers in a shoot type fight. So if, they had, if you guys had been asked to shoot, that wouldn't have probably ended well. It would have it would destroyed the guy, other guys. No, right? you guys yeah, would have ended fine, but I'm assuming for the opponents it would have ended that well. Listen, man, we, we're professionals, and we went into pro wrestling with an understanding of what our job was, yeah. and that's what we did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why did – now, Dan, did you have an injury? Is that what ended pro wrestling for you? I can't remember because I, I want to say no. there was – was there a neck brace or something? Oh, I mean, that, that, was that, that storyline? That, 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 that was part of a professional wrestling angle. That's uh, what I was wondering. A match so. with Owen Hart. But, but in the reality, Owen Hart actually screwed up and, and did basically a tombstone for real. Really? I mean, I took full impact. I had a That's what of, almost crippled Stone Cold Steve Austin, almost yes, similar. It, I mean, yeah. actually, Steve Austin called me up like a couple years after the fact. You know, he, 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 I don't know how I ever got my cell phone, but he calls me up. He's call, and he's asked me a couple questions. I go, Danny goes, just recently someone shared this video. He goes, the same thing that happened to him that uh, through a, a match with Owen Hart happened to you. He's like, are you okay? And I, I kind of just kidding. He said, you mean mentally or physically? You know, and then uh, you know, he got, got a little ch bit of a chuckle. And, and I just said, well, I'm okay. But uh, I mean, I was, it was pretty iffy at the time because I, I felt a bolt of lightning shoot down my spine, shoot down my leg. And as I'm, I'm laying there trying to stay in the character, I'm thinking, okay, do I feel my fingers? Do I feel my toes here right now, you know? So Dan, before we go, what's next for you? Oh. Still unlimited as to what I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing. I, I will still stay active. I have more. I have more senior citizens. <laughs> yeah. again, I always tell people, like, don't let the gray hair, gray mustache, because throughout my entire professional career, throughout my entire cage fighting career, that is called just for men number 45. <laughs> I've been coloring my hair ever since because it's called psychology 101. Heads. You walked into a cage or into a wrestling ring and you saw a gray-haired, gray-mustached individual, are you going to be as intimidated? No. But if you keep it dark and dastardly, yes. So. Ken, for you, it's Valor BK. That's your, your big priority right now? Yeah, that's something that um, is my heart and soul is into right now and look forward to bringing it to the people, man. So very excited about it. Should have a, a fight at the uh, end of this year, so look forward, Valor, bare knuckle. And we'll probably get some dates and stuff in coming months on when people can start looking for yeah, that? Yeah, we're already locked in. We just don't want to make any announcements until we get our marketing package together. Then, gotcha. Then we'll make, we'll make the announcement. So, Butterbean, you talk about, before we go, um, a final fight. Is that going to involve training, or what what's it goes into that? Yeah, I've been training right now for it. Um, as soon as I get back, we're going to hit with a new, new coach, but I'm still going to Dallas it's at least once or twice a month to do, the, to do the yoga that's actually helped me to get where I'm at now. So I'm going to stay flexible and and still be able to build up muscle without getting tight. So I'm, I'm excited about looking forward to the future because I mean, just 
from coming from being in a wheelchair for three years to be able to walk into the store and just get what you want or to walk over here without having somebody push me or get people out of the way is just a blessing to me just to be here and just to have all these great people be able to talk to them in front of it and be able to stand up and walk out afterwards it's awesome and, and mike tyson you heard it here he's waiting on you butterbean tyson i can see it hey and look out for ken's bare knuckle because it, it's been he's been doing it for a while and getting it all organized he's doing it right can we get a round of applause for these gentlemen So it was just an honor to sit down with those three legends and talk to them about uh, fighting and where they're at right now. So let's go one at a time. Dan Severn, the Beast. Really interesting what he said about the UFC-WWE merger. And I've speculated at it on at Going Ringside on, going ringside on TikTok. We've kind of talked about that. That this UFC merger, WWE, while they may merge, it's going to go one way. It's not going to go the other. You're going to have some UFC fighters probably want to try out some WWE matches, but you're likely not going to have WWE wrestlers want to try out UFC because it exposes them. Sure, Brock Lesnar did well in UFC. Brock Lesnar is a legit tough fighter that no one wants to mess with. He did lose in UFC at times, but he also had a lot of success there. CM Punk, not so much. He learned the hard way. I think Dave Batista tried it out, too. Um, it's hard for a wrestler to go the other way because they may not be the baddest man on the planet, and they could be exposed, and they don't want to ruin their career like what happened with Bart Gunn. Um, so you've got to wonder, when they do this merger between Endeavor UFC and WWE, you know, you'll, they'll bring in the fighters over to WWE. We kind of saw that in WWE. AEW did the same thing. They brought in some real fighters for storyline fights, but you don't want to see those um, WWE guys go over and then just get knocked out in a few in a minute. Um, it would hurt their career because they're built up as tough guys. When I talked to Ken Shamrock about that um, on episode eight of Going Ringside, which you can listen to right now, he talked about that brawl for all idea and like they even wanted guys, or excuse me, I misspoke. Ken Shamrock didn't say that. That was Mark Marrow. So go look for the Mark Marrow episode. He was involved in Brawl for All, and he said, you know, because he used to be an amateur boxer, but they wanted guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin to be in it, and that would expose Austin if he goes in and gets his butt kicked. No one wants to see the guy who's portrayed as the toughest man on television go in and get exposed. So that old WWE-UFC dynamic is really interesting. For Ken Shamrock, he's starting the Valor BK once again, which you can learn about all right now. He's going to be doing some shows in Jacksonville. Um, I've talked to him for the last few months, and his people tell me they're not ready to make an announcement, but they will be making an announcement in the fourth quarter of this year about a big fight that they have planned for Valor BK, that bare-knuckle-type fighting, um, which will be coming up uh, later this year in Jacksonville. So we're going to keep on that and keep in touch with Ken about what's going on with Valor BK in Jacksonville. They've been doing a lot of things in Jacksonville at the Police Athletic League and the Police Union, working with guys, training fighters. So it's kind of cool. So uh, Ken is just very active, very busy guy right now. Um, and we talked to Mayor Lenny Curry of Jacksonville just last episode on episode 17 about um, some of these dynamics, including working with Ken on the Valor BK in Jacksonville. And then Butterbean. He challenged Mike Tyson on our show. He wants Iron Mike. So Butterbean says he had he gained a lot of weight, was wheelchair bound for a while, but he has lost the weight. 
He is healthy again, and he wants one last retirement fight. And who does he want? He wants Mike Tyson. He's not the only guy who wants Tyson. Others have challenged, probably still the most famous fighter on the planet. But Butterbean Iron Mike, I can only imagine. And I want to say, if you're listening to this right now, and you have any contact with Mike Tyson, let him know. We'd love to have him on to respond. I've reached out. We're trying to get in touch with Iron Mike. We would love to have him on the show. But if he wants to respond to Butterbean, come on here and do it. Yes or no? We'll take Iron Mike. We'd love to hear from you. So Butterbean challenging Mike Tyson to a fight. We will see if Iron Mike responds and if Butterbean's up to it. I, I'm very curious. Very different fighters, different fighting styles. It'll be fun to see how that all turns out. But this was such an enjoyable episode to have those three legends join us on that panel and just hear the, everything they have going on. And I'm sure we'll be hearing more from them down the road. So thanks again for joining us on another episode of Going Ringside. This has been Going Ringside with The Local Station, brought to you every Wednesday on your favorite podcast player, on News 4 Jax Plus, as well as the News 4 Jax YouTube channel.